Christian greetings is, he is risen and the response, he is risen indeed. I don't think we need to be sitting here this morning because there is work to be done and there is good news to be spread. So we're going to practice. He is risen. And uh, come on, come on, come on. So the thing is, the rest of the week, whenever you're out somewhere doing something, if you need something to remember about what happened today, you can say this to yourself or you can say it to someone else. He is risen. He is risen. Okay, well, we're getting there. It's still early, but you know what? The news is about the best thing that you will ever hear in your life. Things are not the way they used to be. You know, we kind of get a little worried when our routine is not exactly the same. The order of worship is not exactly the way it was. Get over it. That's pretty much what the Lord says to us, you know. we got to get over ourselves because it is not all about us. It is about what the Lord has done in our lives. It is so worth being here together. It is so worth hearing the difference between Friday afternoon and this morning. That isn't the end of the story, this is. Amen. But actually, in the ending is our beginning. That is the great good news that we have to share together today. And so, yeah, it's kind of something we think we should be out telling people. Oh, wait, isn't that what Christians do? Tell the good news? Done that lately? This is, again, our wake-up call to remember that's what we are about is not to keep it to ourselves, friends, but to share the good news. The routine gets all messed up because, you know, the scripture this morning that was read is just the perfect example. Mary did what you do. Mary went to the tomb to anoint the body of one who has died because that's what you do. The women are charged with doing that. So she brought the basket of the spices and all the anointing oils, and that's what you do. But wait a minute. <laughs> there isn't any body here. What is this about? Jesus even left his old clothes behind. But you know, the funny thing is, this could be looked at as the ultimate good news, bad news kind of deal. The bad news is, Jesus died. Human beings put him to death in the most cruel manner you can even think about. The good news is, Jesus didn't stay there. Jesus has risen from the dead. The bad news is, Mary went to anoint his body according to routine and custom, and this is how we do it, burial practices. Not so fast. The routine has been broken. What routine is it? Because the good news is, he is risen. Mm -hmm. You know, friends, this is really the best thing that we can hear, not only on this day, but the rest of our lives, that he is risen indeed. I love what Scott Hazy says about this non-routine visit to the tomb. He says, Mary Magdalene on Easter is an emblem of the whole human condition. 
She's at once every single one of us and all of us, the whole lot of us, taken together. She finds herself crying when she realizes Jesus is gone. There is absolutely no precedent for her to think about any kind of resurrection. Hasn't ever happened before. So what is your assumption? Someone took the body. Why wouldn't she have thought that? And again, one more cruelty heaped upon what was done to Jesus. And so her tears are the ones that we would cry if we'd been there on that morning. Hazy says this, I love this, Easter happens where death is because honestly that's the only place it's needed. Yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? Easter happens where it needs to happen, friends. Don't ever forget that. But there's something about tears, much as we try not to do that, it seems, much as they distress us, that have healing power. So Mary's tears are those, perhaps, that get translated pretty quickly into joy. There's a wonderful old Russian Easter tale, how it was that the wonder of Easter entered into the heart of the world. And it's about Mary, Jesus' mother, who stood weeping at the foot of the cross as her child died. Every tear of hers became a beautiful blue and yellow egg. Every tear that Jesus cried as he died became a red egg. And at the end, after it was all over, I love this image that Mary gathered up all the eggs in her cloak and carried them away, but she tripped and fell. And all the eggs rolled down the hill of Golgotha, down the hill, out into the streets of Jerusalem, and all through the world. Well, that's hardly routine. And that probably isn't part of the story. But you know, it is another way for us to think about the eggs and that whole business of new life, change happening, and what goes on at Easter. Because indeed, the children supposedly who found those eggs knew about the tears and the love they brought with them changed the whole world. You know, there's something about, I believe, having routine completely altered sometimes that bring us to the garden this morning. It's an amazing day and it should take your breath away. You should be having a smile on your face when you leave here because routine Mm -mm. Not here, not now. But there is, yeah, comfort in routine. We like to know what's happening. We like to know everything is exactly the way it's always been in some ways. But think about this. Anna Florence Carter says, if the dead don't stay dead, then what can you count on? Do you ever think about it that way? Good Lord. If the dead don't even stay dead, what do you got to work with? <laughs> Who knows what might happen next? And is that not the point? The good Lord has other plans. Death will not win. That is the ultimate good news today. And that God is in the house and God always will be in your house and everywhere else. God is in charge. That tomb is not needed. Those spices are out of the way. Not needed. 
Talk to me out here in the garden, Jesus says. Not in that place. I got to tell you, I think my parents had some strange kind of a bookend planned for their lives. This is very weird, but very true. My dad died on Easter Sunday, and my mother died on Christmas. Don't get that at all, but that is what happened. That's strange. And you might think our family's routine has been destroyed on those two holidays. But instead, what we have noticed about our lives over all these years is that they've become, both of those holidays, a day of grace and remembering. So we enjoy these special days, remembering that <clears throat> it takes a tone of fondness. It's not about dwelling. Again, it ain't about the tomb. It's about the fact that we're able to lay hold of eternal life. And by doing that, then our family's been able to sort of polish up a lot of the memories and the stories, and they've been such fun and such a blessing. It's fun to remember that my dad would have just loved gobbling up that Easter cake we make every year. And my mom was kind of one of those Martha Stewarts before Martha showed up. She loved all that, getting things ready. That's how it is. And I suspect that those of you might have, uh, any of you have a certain kind of food you make every Easter? It's okay to raise your hand if you do. Yes, yes, we do, some of us. Okay, so we do that. Routine doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to. And I will tell you, my family has decided on a new routine as of today. We are doing Easter lunch by Skype. <laughs> I'll let you know how this goes. We've made the same dessert here and in Peoria. And so we're doing, we're doing Skype. And is that weird? Well, probably. But the thing is, is it better to see your family and to have conversations and to enjoy each other? Or, woe is me, I can't go home? What do you think? <laughs> we have to be able to move into the future however we can. Whatever it takes, however it is we lay hold of the good news for this time in this place, then we better be doing it. I think we have to figure out not only for ourselves, but for this congregation, the future is bright. The future is wonderful. Because we are honored to be in the midst of a congregation that remembers well what it has been like over the years. And the people who have taught us, as these young people today know, people have taken the time to mentor them and share stories and connect them to the family of faith that's not only here in this building, but throughout God's world. It's not about the tomb or the cemetery. It's about the garden. It's about how we do grow ourselves into faithfulness. It's about the fact that God indeed gives death no chance whatsoever. God indeed is our God. It's about new life, and it's about never looking back and dragging the unneeded past with us. Just leave it. Just like those unneeded clothes in the tomb, it's okay. Leave it there. It is about the glorious, air-breathing, hand-holding, tear-drying life that God offers to each of us. And I do believe that is good news. Life wins out over death. 
Barbara Brown Taylor is a favorite author of mine. And she talks about this new life as she describes finding a locust shell as a kid. And you know, those things are just the creepiest looking, you know, icky brown things. And you don't dare pick one up because it'll just somehow glom onto you. Ooh, and you can't get rid of it. But she says, you know, I thought those were treasures because they were evidence that some kind of miracle had occurred. They looked dead, but they weren't. They were just shells. Every one of those locusts had a neat slit down its back where the living creature inside of it had escaped, pulling new legs, new eyes, and new wings out of that dried up brown body and taking flight. At night, she says, I could hear them singing their high song in the trees. And if you ask any one of those locusts, I'll bet none of them could have told you where they left their old clothes. You see, that's the thing. We don't need to be worried about the old clothes because we're given new ones. We're given what we're going to need. And so we might go to the cemetery together, and yeah, we never forget that when we have to do it. We go weeping because of the loss of human connections, and it's about us. We understand that. But that's where the routine ends. Because even in those moments, we get to the point where we're able to hold together the truth of the good news. And it is the resurrection story. It is that God has the last word, not us. It is that the new routine will carry us through life no matter what on the wings of that good news. You see, routine would have us think that guy in the garden is the gardener. Routine is not there anymore. And instead, shaking the bonds of that routine takes us straight into the realization that indeed it is Jesus standing in the garden. And we'd be better off if we could turn around and talk to him instead of worrying about the clothes. So I hope you leave here this morning with a blessing in your heart and a smile on your face and a sense of joy in your heart because the routine has been totally blown apart. And we're people of the resurrection, so we will find our way along a path of new routine. Tears are turned into treasure, and death has no chance with us. And it is because of our God who has indeed sent us out into the world dancing and singing. So I suggest we practice yet again. He is risen. Amen. And it is that that leads us to be bold in our invitation. This congregation always offers the invitation to those who wish to confess that Jesus is the Christ, those who wish to transfer their membership or in some way be acquainted with this congregation. Whether it's this morning, during the week, whenever it needs to happen will be the right time. But may we remember in all things, the invitation we offer is because of the good news of this day.